You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's go to our QB1 breakdown. All right, each week, we're going to take a deeper dive into the evolution education of Justin Fields. <sighs> No doubt, Dan, step backward on Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Defining moment, that's a tough one because I think it implies positive. You didn't have a lot of positives. How are you going to answer the defining moment for Sunday night against the Packers? Yeah, it's certainly not positive. For me, you could obviously go to what we talked about with the fourth and end goal play from from the one, but I'm going to go with the, the illegal forward pass that Justin threw in the first half. And to me, it signified a couple different things. Number one, the Bears had a six-man protection to block a four-man rush. Ideally, you should be able to protect that and, and keep it clean. Well, there's a little stunt that comes around and, and, and a rusher gets behind Lucas Patrick and disrupts fields at the top of his drop. To Justin's credit, he starts moving up forward through the pocket. This is something that Andrew Janelko and Luke Getzi have worked with him on. You know, climb the pocket and go. But Justin climbed the pocket and took off and he was really intent on running until he was really intent on throwing. And he threw the ball two yards beyond the line of scrimmage. It went for 31 yards. It quickly came back five yard penalty, lost it down. And to me, it just signified the complete lack of, uh, sink that the Bears offense had the entire night, the lack of comfort and confidence and poise in the pocket that Justin was missing on Sunday night that tells you, boy, this is a work in progress. We've been talking about this for a month plus, that he's got to develop that feel within the pocket. He's got to be able to make plays on script in there. And there was a definite play. And I I, I specifically asked Matty Rufus on Monday afternoon if he saw an opportunity when Justin climbed the pocket to stop and reset. You've seen it a thousand times, David, from all the greats in this game that they're able to get up in that pocket, reset, and then make a throw that that picks up 25 yards, moves the chain, and keeps the drive alive. He wasn't able to do so. He ended up making a mental error that pushed him back even further instead of just running for the 11 yards or whatever it was that would have gotten the first down. And it just it was just one of those plays. It was just a, a discombobulated play with a brain fart from a quarterback for an offense that just hasn't found its rhythm yet. And I think that it was interesting for me to hear Matt Eberflus acknowledge the fact that he thought that maybe he should have caught uh, or should have kept the ball and run for the first down in that situation. And it, it was a situation where he thought, okay, that that's one of those things where you feel like take the obvious, take the gimme. And that lack of awareness, I think, is the word that also that, yeah. that your play sort of implied there wasn't great awareness all night long. 
Yeah, yeah, right, and that's that has to be worked on, right? And you give a guy, uh, you know, one road game against a division rival with with you know a bright spotlight and high stakes, and you say, okay, learn from that. But if, if we're still talking about these kinds of errors in November, we got issues on our hands. That's a good one. My defining moment came earlier. It came on the fourth play, and it came on the flea flicker. It was the actually the longest play, uh, yeah. pass play of the night. Thirty of the seventy passing yards came. When the handoff to uh, David Montgomery, pitch back to Justin Fields, and then Equinemius St. Brown was open for a 30-yard gain. I think that was uh, uh, yeah, a nice play, and it kind of like, oh, wow, this is cool. Problem is, and I, and I don't know, I watched it a couple times again today, and it would have required big ambition to throw to Darnell Mooney, who had gotten open. You could throw him open. You could, you could maybe try to make something happen, right? Uh, I mean, you could talk to 10 people and 10 people would give you a different description of how open Darnell Mooney was. I mean, how would you say that he, he was open? Yeah, I, I think he was just field. in one-on-one and he had, a, a you know, a, at least three quarters of a step on the defensive back. And, and if you're a, a accurate deep ball thrower like Justin is touted to be, you, you let it fly. Now, Justin said after the game that in his vision, he just didn't see Darnell, right? Like, know, they, see, that's why it's a defining moment for me. And, and, and you're right. He didn't see him. Sometimes that's defensive line congestion. Sometimes it's just where you, you know, who knows why I didn't see him, but he didn't see him. So go he ahead. You no, know, you're right. And, and I, and I want to be fair here because I don't want to, I don't want to pile on because I feel like there's a lot of that going on after, after the second game of the season for Justin Fields. But if you're in your head thinking, okay, flea flicker, fourth play of the game, we're thinking big. We want to get ahead. We want to answer. We want to do all these things. You are already looking mentally or expecting to look downfield to the big home run. You're not taking the, you know, you're not legging out the double. You're not going for the base hit to right field. You're not going with the pitch. You're thinking you're going deep and you're thinking big and you're thinking bold. And I think it was, it was telling to me that that was indicative of what would come after. There was no ambition to the bears passing game. Right. I know they only got 41 snaps and they had the ball for only 22 minutes but there was no thought to being like going. They, they threw the one downfield. They, they tried, but that was kind of just for effect. And I felt like on the opening flea flicker, the definition of the play is a little razzle dazzle. Well, they took the safest route out of a flea flicker that flicker they could. And to me, that was as defining as anything else. Now, at least they scored on the drive, right? They still got that. They turned that big gain into into a positive yardage and went in and scored a touchdown on their opening drive. But, sure. yeah, to your point, you, you just need to start to scare opposing defenses so that they actually spend a little bit of uh, you know time at night not sleeping and, and spending time thinking about the plays that you're going to hit them with during the week. Next category, on the bright side. Okay, so for me, it was – not necessarily related to Justin, but it was the ability to do what we've asked Bears offenses to do with forever. And it's to commit to the running game and it's to get 27 rushing attempts turned into 180 yards and to do things that if you're Luke Getze now should at least give you confidence that you can run a reliable running game that can then open things up for play action that can then give your quarterback a little bit more time if defenses are playing honestly. And so I just thought that the way, as we talked about in the, the, the game balls segment with David Montgomery, that the ability to get that established and to stick with it and to be unrelenting with it is going to be positive long-term. Now I think Matt Nagy, I'm sorry, Matt Eberflus, I'm sorry. I don't want to give anybody PTSD there has been very clear that they need to find more balance, right? They need to find more balance offensively. They need to find a passing attack, but, but generally speaking from what we've lived for the last 
three, four years of not being able to see a running game get going the way it got going Sunday night. For me, that was a, a bright spot that will help Justin long term. Okay, on the bright side for me, if I had to pick one play, I like the way that he beat uh, Gary to the pylon and showed the little uh, athletic burst that we know that he's capable of, and that was Justin Fields at his best. Three-yard touchdown. <laughs> but I think overall, th- this is the opportunity that I want to take to to very briefly just ask people to you know re- remember a couple things about Justin Fields in his, in his process. And I'm not – anything like a Justin Fields apologist, and I never have been. But I'm also not going to uh, draw a conclusion after two starts in a second season. I want to remind people, there is no award for coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody gives out any awards and nobody, there was no trophy case to, to, to fill when everybody was right or whoever was wrong about Mitch Trubisky. Nobody remembers and frankly, nobody cares. So if you just have to be heard and you have to, uh, or you have to share that Justin Fields is a bona fide bust and no Ohio State quarterback is ever going to succeed and he is this and he is that, I would just caution you all to slow down, take a breath. Nobody's saying be satisfied with what you've seen. There's no reason to be satisfied with uh, you know, th- with the passing numbers that they are. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, based on his passing numbers, watching the tape, Justin Fields is a five-star recruit in, in, in the state of Georgia. I mean, this, this is what you get, you know, gets you uh, noticed on, on for college recruiters, not in the NFL. But this is the way the sausage is made. <laughs> You you go into seasons, you get regime changes, you install offenses. You have to give more time before you know what you have. And I think that you have a right to be frustrated, but I don't think that it's fair to be conclusive. And there's a big difference there. And there's a lot of gray area in there. And nobody likes gray, certainly not on sports talk radio, certainly not in in, in the Twitter sphere. And and it's a very dangerous place to uh, exist. But there's a lot of gray when it comes to Justin Fields. So as much as you didn't like Sunday night at Lambeau Field, just remember, (laughs) if he turns around and he lights it up against the Texans, you're going to feel a lot different. And he's very capable of doing that. Well, listen, I don't, I've never been a marketing genius and I don't know what our merchandising plans are for this podcast, but if studs wants to get going, we could make t-shirts that, that say exactly what you said there. Slow down, take a breath, take the North, slow down, take a breath, right? Just what every football fan wants to hear. Because I think what happens particularly in this town is we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven time all pro, right? And all of a sudden, most of the people that are trying to live uh, patiently in the gray area are like, man, this is a pretty tense gray area to be in because people on my right are screaming this, people on my left are screaming this, people in front of me are throwing tomatoes and I can't get out of the way of it. So this is just part of the, the quarterback discussion in Chicago and it's and it's ugly. And it's going to be, to your point, it's going to be gray for a long time. And I've tried to make this point since we started this podcast and obviously into the spring that we're going to get to the end of this season and have no idea whether Justin Fields is going to be here for a second contract and no idea on whether he could be here for 15 more years. Right. And so if you the quicker you as a, a football spectator and fan of this football team can, can condition yourself to understand that reality, the better off you're going to be through what is promises to be another 16 weeks that are going to be quite the roller coaster in a lot of ways. All right, let's move through these last two categories. And this kind of dovetails into what we're talking about. The next one is, uh Oh, yeah, so I, you reference this play in passing, but it's the bomb to Darnell Mooney 
in the fourth quarter on Sunday that Justin overthrew by three yards, right? And it's finally an opportunity to get your favorite receiver in one-on-one coverage. He runs a really nice route, gets Rasul Douglas to, actually it was Eric Stokes in that situation, to turn his hips and you've got a little bit of separation. It's not college level, Ohio state level separation, but you got to play there to be made and you got to play fake and a rollout to your right and you set and throw. And again, the great quarterbacks make this play seven times out of 10 and Justin misfired and he threw long. And so what does it signify, David? It signifies that Darnell Mooney is now two games into his 2022 season and he's got two catches for four yards. Right. We cannot allow this to be the production line for Darnell Mooney. You can hear it in Matt Eberflus's voice right now that they need to figure out ways to get him unlocked. His one catch on Sunday night went for minus four yards, in part because it, it included a motion, David, that sent Mooney in front of fields before the snap and then looping behind him. And they didn't get the width on the play that they needed. Cole Komet tried to put on a block, wasn't successful in doing so. And all of a sudden that play goes for a loss of four. And, and, and when you can't get your big play guys unlocked for big plays, now your offensive struggles are only going to be exacerbated. Matt Eberflus talked a little bit on Monday afternoon about the need now in the troubleshooting phase of this going forward, the correction phase of this, for the coaching staff to put their heads together and, in his words, highlight the skill. Here's some of what he said on Monday afternoon about that. No, I think you got to highlight your skill. You know, you got to highlight your skill. You know, like we highlighted, uh, you know, Demo last night, you know, running the football. He's a good runner. We have good run blockers. We highlighted that last night, and that was a positive coming out of the game. You know, so in the passing game, let's highlight our skill. You know, let's get the, let's feed the guys that, that have skill that can take a short throw and turn it into a big, a big game. You know, that can go uh, downtown, and we, you know, we have a good deep ball thrower. So we should utilize that too. And we're going to look at all aspects of that. Like I said, we've got great coaches. They're going to work tirelessly to get that done this week. I mean, David, highlight your skill for, for, for Matt is an indicator that you better quickly identify your best players and their best strengths and utilize them, right? And I think that's the, the number one goal for this team as it heads to week three. They're learning too. I mean, they are really learning the roster. They're, they're coaching on the fly, and this is their first season, so they're going to try to figure out what works, what doesn't. And and that's good that we keep hold them to this because they've got to – have fewer games like Sunday at Lambeau when Cole Komet with zero yards has zero catches, zero catches for zero yards has more production than your number one receiver who has negative yardage in the (laughs) passing game. So that's not ideal when your number one and two guys are in, you know, in negative numbers. Yeah, you and I outproduced them on Sunday. Exactly. So that's a bad trend. And I think that's a good, uh uh-oh. Yeah. I I, I would just think that my general uh uh-ohs would be, Overall, I don't think Justin Fields showed the presence and feel in the pocket that you want to see. I just think he looked uncomfortable. And I don't want to attribute it all to uh, footwork and mechanics that they seem to highlight on uh, Sunday Night Football. But I think they did a nice job of showing the difference between uh, the two. And, And Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career, and he is Aaron Rodgers, but he looks so much more fluid moving his feet to get in position and set and throw than Justin Fields, who looks like he's still kind of reading a textbook, like I should go here, I should go there. The less that Justin Fields thinks when he's throwing, I think the better off he's going to be. We see it all the time. It was true with Mitch Trubisky. It was true with Justin Fields. Move a pocket and he gets more accurate. I think that would be the biggest uh uh-oh, is that when I see him set up, he still has to grasp what it is to be a pocket passer and that presence is still lacking.
Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And that's got to be something that gets polished and sharpened really fast. And it's got to be a daily emphasis for that quarterback and his uh, supporting cast, which includes his backup quarterbacks, as well as his coaching staff. Last category, what's your big number? Unfortunately, it's 152, which is the Bears' total yardage in the first half of games through two weeks. 152, David. Oh that's 60 God. minutes of football, 152 total yards. To break it down on even smaller, 11 possessions, 47 plays, only nine first downs and seven points. Justin now has 64 first half passing yards through two games. This is not an average. That's a cumulative total through two games and a 36.5 passer rating. The Bears have to figure out a way to get going early. Otherwise, we're going to be banging our head against the wall for weeks and months on end if this team is unable to get to 10 points in the first half. As so often happened in the Matt Nagy era, I'm tired of not having anything to see in the first half of games. The big number for me is the one that I'll remember about this game from a Justin Fields perspective, and that's 11. 11 passes attempted. That is... Option football, that is a throwback to the 80s. That is Army, Navy, Air Force. I was looking for uh, for the Bo Morgan. That was the <laughs> wishbone quarterback for the Air Force Falcons back in the 80s. My goodness sakes, this is ridiculous. This is an NFL offense. I don't, I don't know how to – if you can have everything, and I don't want to be a hypocrite because, you know, David Montgomery was running. He got 122 rushing yards, but you've got to be able to throw – more and possess the ball more and set up play action and, and just take some shots. 11 passes uh, attempted by Justin Fields is just one of those numbers that's going to be hard to forget. Yeah, no doubt. And let's, let's, So let's see if he can complete 11 passes, maybe even in three quarters of work this week and see if they can take steps forward in that direction.